Welcome to Mount Olive First Pentecostal Holiness Church. Thank you for connecting with us. In just a moment, Pastor Jeff will be sharing an uplifting and encouraging message that we pray will inspire you in your walk with God. Our desire at MOF PHC is for you and your family to find hope in Jesus Christ so that He will transform your life. Thanks again for connecting with us. Please contact us if we can help you discover God's purpose for your life. Enjoy the message. Well, if you have your Bibles with you this morning, I hope you do. You've got a device that you can pull out. You can turn to 1 Samuel, 1 Samuel chapter 30. Um, and I'll be reading a few verses there in just a minute from, from the Old Testament. I've titled this message today, Pursuing Victory Over the Enemy. Pursuing Victory Over the Enemy. I want to just take the next few minutes, not very long, because I want us to have some prayer time in this service. But I want to share with you how we as God's people can have victory over the enemy. How we as God's people, how we can take back what the enemy has stolen from us. And that God wants God, God wants his people to walk in victory over the enemy. And I'm sure everyone that I'm speaking to this morning, whether here on campus or worshiping online, I'm sure all of us at some point in time of our life, uh, we, we've, had, uh, we've had things taken away from us from the enemy. He's, he's come into our lives and, and he's tried to take things away from us. Hello. And, and the truth is, is that we all have a real enemy uh, that's pursuing after us in this world today. Our enemy, we know, is Satan, a.k.a. the devil. Peter put it like this. Peter said, he says, you need to uh, be alert and you need to be sober-minded and you need to be watchful because there's an enemy, Peter said, and his name is the devil and he prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. He's a real enemy. He's a real enemy that would love to steal from you and rob you and take things from you. You know what Jesus said about the enemy? In John 10.10, Jesus said this. He said, the enemy is a thief. He said the enemy is a thief and he's come to steal and he's come to kill and he's come to destroy. That's what the enemy wants to do in your life. He wants to steal and he wants to kill and destroy. And every one of us, we have this enemy who's looking for things to steal from us. He would love to steal your joy this morning. Hello? He would love to steal your peace. He would love to steal your purpose in life. He would love to steal your passion. He would love to steal your love for God. He would love to steal your health. He would love to to rob you and, and rob you of your hopes and rob you of your dreams. You see, the devil, he would love to just rob you spiritually and leave you completely empty, dry, defeated, and discouraged. That's what he would love to do for you. And... I know there's people here this morning and maybe that's where you are in your life today. Maybe you have uh, already been robbed by the enemy and he's left you dry. He's, he's robbed some things from your life and he's, he's left you defeated and discouraged. He's left you in a place that you never thought you'd be in. Well, I want to just spend the next few minutes and talk to you, to talk to you. I know God has a word for somebody here this morning how you can pursue victory over the enemy and take back what he has stole from you in your life. And we find this powerful message here 
in the life of David in 1 Samuel chapter 30 I'm going to read to you verses 1 through 8 but your homework this week would go back and read the entire chapter uh, verse 30 I mean chapter 30 all the way through and you'll be so encouraged how faithful our God is in 1 Samuel chapter 30 verses 1 through 8 it says David and his men they reached Ziklag on the third day now the Amalekites had raided uh, the Negev and Ziklag and they had attacked Ziklag and burned it and had taken captive the women and all who were in it both young and old they killed none of them but carried them off as they went on their way when David and his men came to Ziklag they found, the, they found it destroyed by fire and their wives and sons and daughters taken captive so David and his men they wept out aloud until they had no strength left to weep David's two wives had been captured Ahinoam of Jezreel and Abigail, the widow of Nabal of Carmel. And David was greatly distressed because the men were talking of stoning him because each one was bitter in spirit because of his sons and daughters. But David found strength in the Lord his God. Then David said to uh, Abiathar, the priest, son of Ahimelech, bring me to Ephod. And Abiathar brought it to him and David inquired of the Lord. Shall I pursue this raiding party? Will I overtake them? And God said, Pursue them, and you will certainly overtake them and succeed in the rescue. Father, thank you for your word. God, thank you, Lord, that your word is living, and your word never returns void. And God, I know, Lord, God, that we need your anointing more than ever. So I pray right now, God, for your anointing to preach it. And I pray, God, for the anointing for the people to receive it. And I just declare, Holy Spirit, right now, that you would move upon every heart, every one of us right now, and move us to a place, God, that we can trust you to pursue victory over the enemy. We declare it in your name, Jesus, and for your glory, Lord. Amen. Amen. So let me just back up a little bit here and, and kind of highlight some things here from that passage I just read to you. David has uh, these men that are traveling with him. They're pretty much renegade men and they've, their families have joined there with David and his forces. There's several hundred of these men that are traveling with David. And, and if you read the story, David is actually on the run. He's on the run from King Saul. King Saul is jealous of David and he's out to try to take David's life. So David spends the majority of his time running uh, from King Saul. And while he's running, he, these, these men and these families join him, these renegade people, and they fight with David. They're his men. And they find themselves running from King Saul, and then the unthinkable really happens. They end up living in the land of the Philistines which is really the enemy to King David, but there was a, there was a trust that was formed there uh, with the king called King Achish of the Philistines, and him and David had uh, learned to trust one another, and King Achish gave David some land. He says, you know, we don't want you staying here. I mean, you are David, the one that killed Goliath, and, you know, we don't really feel comfortable with you staying right here in our camp, but we'll give you some land. And they gave him some land, and that land was called Ziklag, that's the land that they were given to, was given to David and his men and to all the families. And then David and his men, they, they're preparing for this battle that is about to take place, and they're actually going to fight on the side of the Philistine army. 
And David and his men are there. And while they're away from their camp, they leave all the women, they leave the children, and they head to the battlefield to fight. And while they're away, another group of people called the Amalekites who were enemies to God's people, they come through Ziklag and they come through it and they raid this land. They raid it. The Amalekites robbed Ziklag, taking captive the wives, the children, all their livestock, all their possessions, and then, uh, then they burn it completely to the ground. I mean, they just destroy this place. They annihilate this place. And now David and his men, the Bible says they're on a, a three-day journey back from this battlefield where they were going to potentially go to fight, and the king turned them around and sent them back to Ziklag, and while they're on their way back, Surely they can see the, the billows of smoke coming up from the place of Ziklag. And, and as they approach, they discover, uh, they discover as they get closer to the home that the enemy has come in and kidnapped their families and robbed them blind and burned down their homes. David and his men come home to a nightmare. Can, can you just put in your mind and think right now what's going on? You, you've been away and you're tired and you're weary and you come back home and you come home and your wife, your wife is gone, your children are gone, all your possessions are gone and you look for a place that you can just rest your head and everything that you, belongs to you has been burned down to the ground. That's what the enemy will do to you. And they came home to a nightmare. They came home to a crisis. David and all of his men, their world had been turned upside down by the enemy. I mean... Their loved ones gone. Their possessions are gone. Their homes are gone. All is gone. And the enemy has robbed them and left them empty, left them with absolutely nothing. And that's what the enemy wants to do to every one of us here. He wants, us to, he wants to leave you empty spiritually. He wants to take things away from you and destroy your life. They came home to a nightmare. They came home to a disaster. They came home to a total loss. I mean, think about it. Everything that you've worked for all your life, everything that you've dreamed for and hoped for, everything that you lived for and were anticipating how things were going to go in your life, everything's gone up in smoke. Everything has gone up in smoke because of the enemy and what he's done in your life. And when you read here in this story, verse 4 says, David, as tough as David was, he was a mighty warrior and had these renegade men with him who were some tough individuals. The Bible says that they just started weeping. They weeped aloud and they just kept weeping and weeping and weeping and crying until they couldn't cry anymore. They had lost all strength because the enemy had come in and caused pain and grief in their life and they had lost all their, their power and lost all their strength they had lost all their tears they had, they had lost everything I mean think about it they didn't even have any more tears left the enemy had robbed them completely and they're crushed they're crushed by the pain and grief and my question is this morning have you ever been there? Have you ever been to that place where, where the enemy has come in and he's, he's robbed you and taken some things from you in your life 
and, and all you can do is just feel that crush come on your life and your spirit is crushed and all you can do is cry. All you can do is weep because you're crushed in spirit. Can you identify with David and his men? It may not be to the extent of what they have been through, but all of us have felt the attack of the enemy. All of us have been ripped off and robbed by the enemy and we know what it's like to come back and, and someone's gone and nobody's there or something's been taken from us and it leaves you crushed in spirit. That's what the enemy will do. It says they were all distressed. It says they were all distressed. I wonder how many people today are living their life distressed. Even Christians living a life distressed because of what the enemy is doing. But listen about David. All the men were distressed. All they could do was cry. But the Bible says that David was greatly distressed. He was greatly distressed. I mean, he's been robbed by the enemy. He's left with nothing. And to make matters worse, David has his own men want to turn on him. They want to stone him. They want to take him out. I mean, come on, poor David, right? He's lost everything. And now his own people, those that are closest to him, they've turned on him. And I wonder this morning, has anyone ever turned on you? Somebody close to you maybe turned on you. Somebody that was close to you and, and uh, they wanted to take you out for whatever reason or somebody close to you that uh, they let their frustrations out on you, they let their anger out on you. I think all of us, if we would probably be honest enough, we all have this tendency that we want to uh, unload and unleash our pain and our grief and our anger that the devil causes in our life we're always looking for somebody close to us to unleash it on we do that in our life we unleash it on our spouse our husband we unleash it on our wife we unleash it on our kids we, we unleash it on a friend we unleash it on a co-worker this, this, this hurt, this pain, this struggle whatever it is that the enemy's caused in my life that caused me to be crushed we just, we just tend to let somebody have it you ever walked up on something like that before? Woo! like where did this come from? And people were just unloading and David's men did this they unloaded on him. They blamed him for their mess. They blamed him for their pain. They blamed him for the struggle. They blamed him for the circumstances. They blamed him for the loss. The Bible says that they actually became bitter toward David. They were bitter toward him. They, the pain, the pain that they felt that had been delivered to them by the enemy caused them to turn on David and want to take him out. And that's our flesh we're always looking for someone to take out our struggles on that the enemy has caused in our life. I'll take it out on my family when I get home. Don't mean to, but it happens. I'll take it out on a friend. I'll, I'll take it out on uh, an associate. I'll take it out on somebody close to me. We got to remember what Paul said in Ephesians. Paul said, listen, your struggle's not with your wife. Your struggle's not with your husband. Your struggle's not with your children or your friends. Your struggle is against the enemy. Paul said this. He says, your struggle's not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers and the authorities and the powers of this dark and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Paul is saying, I mean, yeah, Paul's saying here that your struggle, don't take it out on your family. Don't take it out on your friends. It's the enemy doing this. He's the one that's trying to rob you. He's the one that's trying to steal from you. And David, David is 
overwhelmed by what he's going through. And the Bible says that he's greatly distressed. And who wouldn't be? Hello, who wouldn't be? The enemy has robbed him of his family, his possessions, and now his closest friends have turned on him. The enemy has left him with nothing. I was just thinking about it, man. Put yourself in his shoes. No family, no friends, no place to go, no hope. What, what, do, you, what do you do when everything's gone? What do you do when you get to a place when you have nothing? What do you do? What do you do? When you have no place to go for safety and security. What do you do when the enemy robs you from your hope? What do you do when you feel discouraged and defeated? How in the world are we supposed to pursue victory over the enemy when he's robbed us of some things that are very precious in our life? Well, let's learn from David what to do. The first thing David did was he pursued God's presence. He pursued God's presence. Verse 6 says, David got along with the Lord his God. In verse 6, listen, if you're going to pursue victory over the enemy, you need to go after God's presence. Hallelujah. You need to go after God's presence. David got along with the Lord. He had no family, no friends, no support. He had nothing. If you look from the outside looking in, it looked like David's all alone. Nobody's there with him. But what did David do? He pursued after God's presence. And how many of you know when we're going through the battles of our life and we're going through times when we've been robbed by the enemy the one thing that you got to do friend is you got to get in the Lord's presence you got to get in the Lord's presence get alone with God because if we're not careful sometimes we can feel like there's nobody there to encourage us we can feel like nobody's there to love us we can feel like nobody's there to strengthen us we can feel like there's nobody there to help us we can feel like there's nobody there to carry us And that's why we have to get along with God. That's why we have to get into the presence of God because only God can lift you out of that place. And we have to get in the presence of God. Only Jesus can get you through those battles. Only Jesus can get you through those storms. Only Jesus can get you through that pain. Only Jesus can calm those fears in your life. Only Jesus can give you the peace that you're going to need. Only Jesus can keep you standing firm when your whole world around you is shaking. Listen, when everything else is gone, you can run into the presence of God. And he's your only source of victory. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He's there for you, friend. He will never leave you nor forsake you. David in his distress and David in his discouragement. What did he do? What did he do? David pursued God's presence. And what a powerful lesson for every one of us today that we would pursue the presence of God when the enemy robs us in life. We need to pursue God and pursue his presence and rest in his presence because it's in the presence of God that we find protection. It's in peace and his power comes to us in our life. Here's what we got to guard against right here. We have to guard against not allowing the pain and the problems that the enemy causes in our life to pull us away from God's presence. I've seen a lot of people get angry with God because of the pain and because of the problems and because of the troubles, and they allow that pain that's inflicted to them by the enemy that's robbed them. It causes them to to pull away from the presence of God and and to get away from God. And that's the last thing you want to do is to allow that to pull you away from God. And David, he felt this pull. David felt this pull. I mean, look at him. He's down. He's weeping. He's crying. He's lost it all. Don't you know he was feeling that pull just to say, I'm done. I'm over. My afflictions and my agony is about to take me out. He felt that pull. But there was something that rose up inside of him and said, no, I have got to get into the presence of the Lord. I have got to get to my Lord. I've got to get to my Lord. I've got to get to his presence. 
And he got up and he got in the presence of the Lord. David says, I got to get up and get to the Lord my God. You know why? Because the Lord is my strength. I got to get to the Lord because the Lord is my help. Where does my help come from? It comes from the maker of heaven and earth. I have to get in the presence of the Lord because my peace comes from the Lord. I have to get in His presence because the joy of the Lord comes. It comes from Him. I have to get in His presence because that's where I find my breakthrough. I have to get in His presence because that's where my victory comes from. Whatever you do, friend, whatever you do, when the enemy comes to you, when he robs you and, and steals from you, the last thing you want to do is allow that to pull you away. You need to seek the presence of God. Seek the face of God. And then David, he, he pursued God's presence and he also pursued after God's strength. Verse 6 says, David found strength in the Lord his God. He found strength in the Lord his God. Let me say that again. David pursued God in his presence and while he's in the presence of God, he found strength in the Lord. He found strength in the Lord. In the Lord. In the Lord. Say in the Lord. He found strength in the Lord. He didn't find strength in a liquor bottle. He didn't find strength in a pill bottle. He didn't find strength in a needle. He didn't find strength in the government. He didn't find strength in the pleasures of this world. No, the Bible says that David, when he was downcast and discouraged, that he found strength in the Lord, in the Lord, in the Lord. God gave David strength. He gave him strength. He gave him strength. And when he, this strength came to David, it gave him instant encouragement. It gave him instant faith. And, and David was able to get back up and, and not stay down in that depression. And that's why when you read the Psalms, you'll see David writing about the times that he was pursuing the strength of God. And David would say things like this. He would begin to talk to himself and encourage himself in the Lord. And he would say, the Lord is my strength and my shield. He would say, God is my refuge and my strength. He would say, it's God who arms me with strength to fight the battles that are in front of me. You know why? Because David knew if he was going to see a victory over the enemy, it was going to come by pursuing the strength of God in his life. He could never do it in his own power. It was going to take the power of God working in him. And friend, if you're going to pursue victory over the enemy, it's not going to happen because you wake up and say today, I'm going to be strong today. No, you need to get in the presence of the Lord and find strength in the Lord. Hallelujah. And he'll see you through. He'll see you through. Oh, thank you, Jesus. God's strength gave David, gave David the faith to pursue God's direction. He pursued the presence of God. He pursued the strength of God. And now he's pursuing after God's direction. In verse 8, the Bible says that David inquired of the Lord. He inquired of the Lord. He sought God's divine direction. Friend, when you're going through battles in your life and the enemy has come in and he is trying to rob you and steal from you, let me encourage you right now to pursue God's direction for your life. Sometimes you got to cancel the reservations to the pity party and say, you know what? The pity party's over with. It's time to have a prayer party now. We're going to pray. I'm going to seek the face of God and I'm going to believe God to bring me to victory. Hallelujah. Come on. Some of you need to cancel those reservations today and start praying. In the name of Jesus. And David inquired of the Lord. He inquired of the Lord. And what did David ask? 
You know what? Some people say, you know what? Is it okay to question God, ask God a question? David's asking the Lord right here. He's lost everything. He's lost everything in his life. And he's there before the Lord and he asks some questions. You know what? It's okay to ask some questions. And David sought after God for divine direction. And he said, what what shall I do? What shall I do? And then he asked this question, shall I pursue the enemy? And then he asked this, and will I overtake them? Will I overtake them? David pursued divine direction from the Lord. And let me just encourage you right here. When you've been attacked by the enemy and you've been robbed by the enemy and you've been discouraged by the enemy and you're not sure what you're going to do next, let me encourage you to pursue God for divine direction. He will answer you. He will show you. He will tell you what you need to do. Do you believe that? I do. God will show you. He'll tell you what to do. In a, in a time of desperation when you're crying out and praying and you have nothing and nowhere else to turn to, no other solution, and God's all you got left, that's the greatest place to be, really. So God can show up. And he'll tell you what to do because you know why? He told David what to do. He gave David a word. He gave David a powerful word. What did he say to David? He said, go and pursue. Pursue them. Pursue them. And I bet David was like, yes. Pursue them. Listen, if we're going to have victory over the enemy, we have to pursue God's enemy. If we're going to have victory over the enemy, we have to pursue God's enemy. In verse 8, here's what it says. David is inquiring of the Lord. He's seeking divine direction for his life. I mean, he don't know what to do. Like many of us here today, because of what we have going on in our life, we don't know what the next step's going to be. We don't know what we're going to do next, but he goes to the Lord for divine direction, and God gives him a word. And the word is in verse 8, and this is, man, this is the, you can just highlight it, put a circle around it, put, this is Pastor Jeff's favorite part, whatever. Listen, verse 8, God answered David and said, pursue the enemy and you will certainly overtake the enemy and you will succeed in the rescue in other words you're not going to fail David I'm going to walk with you I'm going to go with you I'm going to fight for you you're going to go and you're going to overtake the enemy and when you overtake them you're going to succeed and you're going to take back everything that the devil stole from you hallelujah hallelujah oh man David can you just imagine David went from giving up to getting back up hallelujah He went from giving up to getting back up. And some of you need to get to that place where you're not giving up anymore, but it's time to get back up because God's got a word for you and that word is pursue for you to overtake the enemy that you will succeed and everything the enemy's taken back from you, you're going to get it back, friend, and even more. I believe it. God encouraged David to pursue the enemy and to overtake. I just love that, overtake. Overtake what the enemy has stolen from us. God's saying, David, you, you, listen, you go and overtake them and I'm going to turn your loss into a victory, David. And we can pursue the enemy because we know that God is with us. He's on your side. I was standing before a man the other day there at the hospital and, and I mean, just crushed by the pain and the grief and tears are coming out of his eyes. And he looks up and he says, you know what? It don't matter. God's on my side. 
Friend, you can go and you can get the victory because God is on your side. He's with you. He's the one fighting your battles. He's the one that gives the victory. He's the one that restores. He's the one that recovers. He's the one that rescues. It's God who does it. The Bible says that we're more than conquerors through Christ Jesus. Aren't you thankful for that? Man, God encouraged David. And then David turns around and encourages his men to rise up and trust God and pursue after the enemy. Wait a minute, wait. They were wanting to stone him. But isn't it amazing how when God shows up and you get into the presence of God, when you spend time in the presence of God and you seek the strength of God for your life and you spend time praying, seeking the will of God and seeking his face, isn't it amazing how contagious that is in other people's lives around you? And there David is, and he has this powerful encounter with the Lord, and he goes from giving up to getting back up, and his men see this this new fire, this new confidence, this new zeal, knowing that God has given him a word, that he's not going to back down. It's time for them to pursue, because God says we're going to overtake, and we're going to succeed. And they're like, oh man, let's mount up and let's go. And everybody is ready to go pursue the enemy and take back. Because David knew, David knew that God was about to do what only he could do. And David knew that God was going to do what he said he was going to do. When God gives you a word and you read the word, friend, it's yes and amen. His promises are true. God is not a liar. You can stand on the word of God. So David and his men, we read here, they pursue the enemy. And then they, listen, they they pursue the enemy. And I don't have time, but there's a a divine... uh, God opens up a divine door there and puts a person in place to lead them to where the Amalekites are. And David and his men, they're in hot pursuit and they come there to this place and the Bible says they look down and they're on the countryside. Guess what's down there on the countryside scattered everywhere? It's the Amalekites. And the Bible says, depends on which translation you read, I mean, they're having a party, they're celebrating, they got the grill going, they're barbecuing uh, spicy buffalo buzzard wings. Listen, they're they're, they're drinking drinking, uh, Jack Daniels and they're having Mad Dog 2020. Some of you don't know what that is, but there's a fight in every bottle, I promise you. And, and then they got the music cranked up and going. They got the music cranked up and going, and they're out there. The Bible says they're dancing. They're dancing to the electric slide. They're doing the wobble. Whatever it is, they're doing it all. And they're just celebrating. They're just celebrating. The enemy's just rubbing it in, man. Look at the plunder that we have raided and taken away from all these people. But what the enemy didn't know is God setting them up, and there's about to be a victory. And David and his men. They look down there, and what do they see? They see the wives. They see the children. They see all their possessions and their belongings. And the Bible says that they pursue after them, and for 24 hours, they put a beat down on them. WWE hadn't seen anything. They they, they, they put a beat down on these Amalekites and beat them down. And the Bible says that David and his men, they recover their wives. They recover their children. They recover their belongings. They recover even more than what they had. And listen, that just tells me right now, friend, that God can recover the things that the enemy has taken from your life. God can do it. He can do it. Hallelujah. He can do it. Even more, because God can give us abundantly more than we can ever ask or imagine. And what do we learn from this? Brother, sister, if you'll come and help me, please. Excuse me. We, We learn this. Please get this before we pray. 
we learn that we can pursue the enemy because God gives us back the things that the enemy has stolen in our life. We, we learn that we can pursue the enemy because God is the one that can rescue people. Do you know somebody that needs to be rescued today? God can do it. We can pursue the enemy because God is the God who gives more. He gives more. They went in there just going after what? They were going to get that belonged to them. And when they left, they left with even more because we serve a God of the overflow. And we can pursue the enemy because God gives the victory. Because God gives the victory. I wonder this morning, just thinking here about some things that I was, Lisa and I have experienced in our own life, how the enemies try to rob us at different times. And I know I'm speaking to people today that maybe the enemy has stole things from you and robbed you in different ways. You know, thieves are always looking for ways, new ways to rob people. We, we've been robbed here at the church. Lisa and I, we, we had our, our, our identity robbed from us. It was stolen, and they wiped out our checking and bank account, all $25. <laughs> Thank God we got it back. I know other people that have dealt with the same thing. Thieves are always looking for a way to rob you. And the devil's looking for ways this morning to rob you. Would you please hear me? The devil is looking for a way to rob you. Well, what does he want to rob from you? Well, let me ask you this question here. What's the most valuable thing to you? Your soul. He wants to rob your soul. He wants to rob your soul. He wants to rob you away from going to heaven so you can go to hell. That's what he wants. He wants to rob you of salvation. He wants you to think, you know, well, if I'm just a good person, uh, I'll be okay. But he wants to rob your soul, friend. He wants to steal your soul. That's what he wants. Is anything worth more than your soul? No, it's the most valuable thing. And the devil would love to rob it from you. He would love to rob you of your purpose in life. He'd love for you to walk around the rest of your life just wasting it on the things of this world and not really making any kind of kingdom impact. He'd love for you just, he'd love to rob you of purpose. He would, listen, he'd love to rob you of your passion and your fire for God. And he's already done that for some people. People that used to just be on fire for God. I mean, man, let me get in there. Let me serve. Let me share my testimony. Let me witness. Let me minister. Let me get to a place that I can be used by God. And, and now, where are they? Where, where are they? They've been robbed. They've been robbed. Fire's been robbed. Passion's been robbed. People robbed by their faith has been robbed, and now they're walking in fear. People rob. The, the devil rob your prayer life. He, he, listen, he'll rob your family. He'll rob your family. He would love to rob your wife from you or rob your, rob your uh, husband from you. He would love to rob your children from you. And steal the joy that's supposed to be there in your marriage or steal the joy that's supposed to be there with your children. He'll rob that from you. And you're just sitting there, well, what, what, I, well I don't know what happened. It's all gone. It's all gone. Because the enemy will do that. He'll rob your marriage. He'll rob your family. He'll rob your health. Has the enemy robbed anything from you? You don't have to lift your hand. I know he has. How about standing with me right now, please?
Here's how we want to end the service right here. If you're here this morning and, and, and you are serious about taking back some things that the enemy has taken from you, he, maybe you're serious about taking back your hope. You're serious about taking back your joy. You're serious about taking back your peace or taking back your family or your children. You're, I'm serious. I'm taking them back. They're not going to be there. They're, we're going to overtake the enemy. We're going to see them rescued and saved and sanctified and filled with the Holy Spirit. I'm going today and I'm going to take my kids back from the enemy. If you're here today and the Lord is speaking to you because the enemy has tried to take something from you and you know it and you want God to give you victory over that, I want you to step out right now and just make your way. Please, come on. God bless you. I see another one coming. I see another one coming. Come on. Would you obey the Lord? Listen, just just find a place where you feel safe and secure right up here. Come on. Come on. I feel like the enemy has taken something from me. He stole my peace. He stole my joy. He stole my strength. He's trying to steal my dreams and my hopes. He's trying to steal my family. He's trying to steal my health. He's trying to steal my marriage. And I'm coming today because, Lord, I know you're going to give victory over the enemy. You're going to give victory over the enemy. I need some people to come and help pray, please. If you believe in the power of God.